Welcome to the Octavius Gold Experience, and I'm your host, Octavius Gould. Today, I'm excited to bring to you episode 27 titled, Mastering the Job Interview. The purpose of this episode is to provide you all with tips on how to ace a job interview. But first, I encourage you all to check out episode 10 titled, Career Search Success. On that episode, I actually gave advice on searching for career opportunities as well as resume tips. As a matter of fact, I'll revisit a few of those points right now. Before starting your career search, first find your purpose. An important aspect of any job search, my friends, is figuring out exactly what you're looking for. You actually need to ensure that the role, the industry, the compensation, and the culture are all a great fit. In my opinion, too often people accept new jobs out of a necessity to ensure that they can pay their bills. That approach will put you right back at square one, job searching again. And timing is everything. So you want to make sure that you avoid resigning from a job that you hate prior to getting a written offer letter. Not a verbal, a written offer letter. Don't wait too long to start your career search. You want to start it when you feel yourself growing overly disenchanted with your current role. This will ensure that your job search is well underway before you resign and turn in that two-week notice. Also, make sure you turn in that two-week notice or even longer. You don't want to burn any bridges. You also want to leverage all of your research and network well. Network on LinkedIn, network with friends and family members, because in many cases, finding a new career opportunity is all about who you know. So contact your friends and former co-workers for job leads and introductions into companies that you may want to work for. But again, it will behoove you to check out episode 10. Now back to today's topic, mastering a job interview. My friends, getting a job interview, whether it's an employer-driven job market or job candidate-driven job market is not an easy task. That's because many companies use an ATS, Applicant Tracking System, and that can actually throw your resume into that black hole if you don't put in the right keywords or if you're missing required experience or if it's poorly formatted. Therefore, when you successfully secure that exciting job interview, make sure you take advantage of all the opportunities available to you. You want to make sure that you understand it's your time to shine. And as Rihanna says, as bright as a diamond. So here are 10 tips that will help you make a great impression while differentiating yourself from other job candidates. Number one, plan and prepare. Trying to wing it, my friends, in a job interview will get you a thank you for coming because great leaders will see right through that and become turned off by seeing that you're not prepared. Try to set aside at least one hour to prepare the day before the job interview, not the day of, because anything can happen to throw you off track and you won't have enough time. You want to make sure that you peruse the job description to pick out relevant responsibilities that you may be able to articulate as to how well your experience aligned with those relevant responsibilities. This is also a great time to think about answers to questions that you may be asked by the interviewer or even multiple interviewers. Experienced hiring authorities, my friends, like to ask situational and behavioral interview questions. And this is because they want to make sure that 
you're prepared to provide the answers with the appropriate information that they're trying to ascertain. So they're not going to ask the typical questions that are out there on Google that's been there for 10 to 20 years. Now, there are some hiring authorities that drop the ball and they're not prepared themselves, so they may ask those typical questions, but a great interviewer, a great leader, will make sure that they're throwing curveballs at you to make sure that they keep you off balance to really see how you handle yourself under pressure. You also may want to practice answering interview questions with a friend or a family member to maximize your comfortability. By being more comfortable going into the interview, you're going to exude more confidence and you're going to find out that you're smoother when you're answering questions, especially those tough questions. Another tip is to write on your resume under each position significant achievements, key milestones, and your success. What I recommend to some of the people who I coach is that they carry a portfolio and they keep on the left side of that portfolio their resume and they have key bullets that they want to make sure that they hone in on. And then on the right side is that notepad where you can take notes. And the trick is to act like you're taking a note and then peruse your resume on the left hand side just to make sure that you don't miss anything that's really pertinent. But be careful. You don't want to overdo it since maintaining great eye contact is critical. However, if you practice and spend time thinking about all of your contributions that you made to previous employers and convey them during the interview with confidence, everything will come to you second nature. And this is especially true if you don't embellish and force yourself to have to remember achievements that you really truly didn't earn. I don't recommend that. You know, I've interviewed sales professionals in the past when I was a VP of sales in corporate America who had on their resume that they exceeded 200% of quota when nothing that they conveyed to me screamed even 100% of quota. So a sharp leader will catch that. And again, they will ask those situational questions to make sure that you are giving them the information that they're looking for. And if you don't try to give that information, they're going to continue to hone in until they uncover what it is that they need to know. Because keep in mind, they're experienced at this. Some leaders are interviewing three to four people a week. So they know what to ask. They know what to look for. And they'll pick out those red flags. Number two, research. You want to make sure that prior to the interview, you research the company, the job, and more importantly, the individuals who are interviewing you. So you want to ascertain up front if you're working with a recruiter, ask the recruiter, or if you're working with an internal HR person or internal recruiter, ask them who are the people that you should be prepared to interview with so that you can peruse their LinkedIn to identify key things about their background that you may be able to touch on. For example, maybe they went to a college that you're familiar with or even potentially the same college. And then you can talk about those things and build rapport. A few ways to conduct this important research includes Google, LinkedIn, as I mentioned, and even Glassdoor. But the number one resource is the company website. You want to check out their About Us section of their website, Products and Services tab, and even the News section within their website. That will allow you to ascertain what's happening within the organization, key milestones, and even get a better feel for their current reality. 
when I was a leader in corporate America, I would ask job candidates up front what they knew about my company and the role. Their answers or lack of an answer was always very telling and really set the tone for my line of questioning. If they were able to provide me with key information about the position or our organization, I knew that they prepared, they were focused, and this is an opportunity that they truly covet. Because if they can prepare for an interview, then more than likely they will focus on preparedness when they get the role. And for those individuals who came in unprepared, normally I would still go through the same interviewing process, but they had to really win me over because halfway through the interview, I'm already thinking they are not potentially the person that I want to put into this position because they didn't do their due diligence up front to show me that they were committed to coming in prepared and wowing me like any other candidate should or like I would if I was going in for an interview. Number three, timeliness is key. If you're just on time, you're late. So you want to be early. Imagine the level of stress that would show up if you're driving and praying that you're not late for an interview. Looking at your clock, looking at your GPS to see what's the projected ETA, especially if you're in Atlanta like I am, because anything can happen. That stress would carry over into the interview and throw you off your game right from the start. So a rule of thumb is to arrive 15 minutes early for an interview. If you arrive too early, you want to make sure that you wait until at least 20 minutes and then start to walk in prior to the start of the interview. You don't want to get there too early because you want to respect the hiring authority's time. Because if you show up 30 minutes early and their receptionist tells him or her that you're out there, it may put unnecessary pressure on them to wrap up things that they're currently working on to bring you in for the interview. So try to get there 15 minutes in advance. It's not like back in the day where everyone would make you fill out an application. I can't remember the last time some of the professionals who I've coached had to fill out job applications. And if they do give you an application, you can start it by getting there 15 minutes early. I'm quite sure they'll let you finish it later. But most of those applications are online anyway when you submit your resume. I can tell you a story. I can remember interviewing for a VP of sales position. I resided in Atlanta. I left with what I thought would be enough time to get me there. I thought I would get there 10 minutes early, but due to traffic and unforeseen accidents, I found myself looking at my GPS. I was getting nervous because now instead of getting near 20, 30 minutes early, I was potentially going to walk in five minutes prior to the start of the interview. And it took me a while to really get my composure and refocus on the task at hand. Luckily, I had experience interviewing, so I knew just to take some time and gather my thoughts and breathe and pause and just refocus before walking in, even though I walked in maybe five minutes before the start of the interview. I did get the job, so thankfully I was prepared because I did the due diligence the day before. You know, and as for interviewing on Zoom or any other video conferencing platform, be on screen and ready to go 10 minutes prior to the interview because you never want a technology glitch to make you late when you were actually prepared to be there early. So many people get onto Zoom, whether it be a meeting or an interview, 
and they're going through the technology, hitting keys, trying to get on camera. It's a minute after the start of the meeting or the interview. That's not cool. So make sure you respect the person you're meeting with, the person you're interviewing with, and you're there ready to go. Even if you're there 10, 15 minutes in advance, normally they will have you in a waiting room and they will let you in when they're ready. Number four, dress for success. For a professional role, dress in your business best for in-person meetings and business casual or business on point is what I call it for interviews over video. You'll stand out from candidates who pop on like they're going to the ball game if you do. Clothes should be neatly pressed, well-fitted, and not too revealing and not too loud. You're at a job interview, not the club. So respect the person who's interviewing you. And in many cases, they will probably show up not professionally dressed. I've spoken to people who I coach who had interviews that I prepped them for. And the first question I'll ask is, how did you look? Oh, gee, I had a shirt and tie on. The person who was interviewing me had a polo shirt or a sweatshirt or a jacket, and it wasn't a suit jacket. But that's okay because it's your job to impress them. They already have their job. Although when I am interviewing professionals, I am always respectful of the process and I'll wear a suit. If it's over Zoom, I'll wear a shirt and tie. It's a courtesy that I want to extend to the person that I am interviewing or meeting with. But a lot of hiring authorities, they don't take that approach. But you want to make sure that if you are the candidate, that you take it a notch above where they may be. You'll differentiate yourself and you'll stand out. Number five, be professional at all times. Greet everyone politely, especially the receptionist. When I was a hiring authority, a VP of sales in corporate America, I would often wait until the person left and then go to my receptionist to seek feedback as to the demeanor of the candidate. Were they professional when they walked in? Were they fidgety, nervous? Did they show a level of respect to the people who may be at a lower level than myself as it relates to title, but still as important to the organization, such as the receptionist or anyone that they come across? Be professional the moment you walk into the door, but more importantly, the moment you walk into the building. Again, I'll take you back decades ago. I was going in for an interview. I walked into the elevator and I didn't have the luxury of having anyone coach me on interviewing or how to dress or how to act. I just picked it up based on what I saw people who I respected do and just reading different books and things of that nature. But the one thing that I knew was that just be yourself, be authentic. And anytime that I am in public with someone one-on-one or one-to-many, I'm going to treat people with a level of respect. So I walk into the elevator. I saw a woman rushing to get to the elevator. I made sure that I held the door. And as she was running in her heels, I said, slow down, slow down. Take your time. I got you. She comes in. We laughed. We go up. I got off on the eighth floor. She got off on the eighth floor. I knew she wasn't the person I was interviewing with because I had already done my research. But what I found out that she was a part of the interviewing panel 
And that just set the tone because we spoke all the way up to the eighth floor. And she remembered the politeness and the courtesy that I extended to her by holding that door open when she was far away from the elevator when I actually started to hold it open. So you never know who you are coming across once you walk into that building. Shake hands firmly, sit up straight, maintain that eye contact and have proper manners. Number six, communication is key. So you want to make sure that you communicate effectively. My friends, it's imperative that your communication is masterful during the interview, as well as when you're just building rapport before the Q&A starts. This include written communication, verbal communication, and even nonverbal communication as it relates to your body language. For example, Display great body language by, as I mentioned, sitting up straight, especially if you're on a video conference interview, because everything shows up more on that video. You want to maintain that eye contact, as I previously mentioned as well. But here are some things you don't want to do. Don't play with your pen. Don't play with your tie or your skirt. And don't move around a lot in your seat because it's distracting to the person or the individuals who's, who are interviewing you. And here's an important one to prevent the interviewer from becoming distracted. Refrain from using filler words such as um, and, or like. And how do you do that? You want to breathe. When you're speaking, take time to breathe. So many people, when they work out, when they speak, they forget to breathe. They hold their breath. I see it all the time. I coach people on effective communication, and I can see them at the beginning of the sessions holding their breath. I used to do the same thing when I worked out. Another key is to pause. As you're speaking, don't be fearful of pausing. And it will feel uncomfortable at first because that pause will feel awkward. Keep in mind, it will come across very smoothly, but more importantly, this will allow you to think through your thoughts and prevent you from using those filler words, especially um. Record yourself and give a speech with no one there for two to three minutes and notice how many times you may actually use a filler word, especially um. Sometimes I am sitting down watching very prestigious professionals speak. And because I had the opportunity to go through communication, consulting and development, I pick up on things that I previously didn't even notice. And I may count 30 ums in a 15 minute speech or presentation because people, again, are holding their breath. But more importantly, they're not taking the time to pause especially in an interview, because you have that interviewer right on you. You're the target. They're paying attention to everything you do, how you speak, how you sit. Those filler words can become very distracting. You want to speak clearly and calmly. But remember that effective communication also includes the art of listening. And you want to listen to comprehend, not to answer. Be concise while answering the interviewer's questions. I used to do it at the beginning of my career. They would ask a question and I thought I had to give them a book because the more information that I articulated regarding my achievements or how my experience aligned with some responsibility, I thought I would be doing a good job by giving them more. 
and then I learn how to be more concise. Sometimes less is actually more, especially during an interview, because what happens is when you give long or long-winded answers, you prevent the hiring authority from being able to ask all of the questions that he or she has for you. And that is frustrating, which can prevent you from getting a job because what if the next person coming in to interview after you leave comes in, they're prepared, they're communicating effectively, they're sharp, they're concise, and they have to determine who to hire between you and that person. It may be something as small as the fact that you didn't allow the interviewer to ask all of the questions that they had for you. Don't be afraid to ask for clarification if you don't hear the question or you misunderstand it. You know, a lot of times something may be misunderstood and we feel fearful to get clarification or have them clarify what they were truly trying to ask. It's okay to ask for them to repeat a question or to clarify it. Number seven, you want to make sure that you have a set of prepared questions. And it's imperative, my friends, that you have strategic questions. But ensure that the answers aren't too obvious, meaning that you don't want to ask questions that you could have easily went to their website to get the answer to. I had someone ask me before where the company was headquartered. Well, it was headquartered in Atlanta, exactly where they were interviewing. <laughs> so you don't want to ask questions that are just obvious, things that are sitting right on the landing page of their website. Be strategic and really think through some questions that you may have. Interviewees should ask questions that will provide them with greater insight into the company's values, mission, and culture. A great question is, can you tell me about your culture? Because they will tell you more than you probably want to know, which will probably lead to other potential questions that you can ask to show that you are really on top of your game. I always ask the interviewer what challenges the person should be prepared for when they assume the role. This is usually when the hiring authority lowers their guard and they end up telling you about all of the challenges that they face and you would potentially face within the company. And that's a way that you can determine if it's the right career endeavor for you and if you should continue pursuing that opportunity. It's a two-way street. They're interviewing you, but you want to make sure that you take an opportunity in a very concise way to interview them as well with strategic questions that will give you insight into the organization, the culture, the person's management style, and whether or not the organization has created an environment that is conducive to success. Number eight, be confident, but humble. Toot your horn, but don't overdo it. It's okay to highlight your experiences and your accomplishments, but you want to refrain from coming across as arrogant. So this requires balance, my friends. You got to practice how to toot your horn and highlight your accomplishments while conveying how all of the great things you did and accomplished aligns with the responsibilities of the role without beating on your chest. So practice that because that is truly key. I've interviewed people that provided me with a resume that showed me that they were the person that I wanted to hire 
But because I'm very efficient, I am still going to go through the interviewing process and I'm sitting there interviewing this person that I assume was great before they walked into the door and they came across too shy, withdrawn, and they weren't answering my questions, not giving me enough information. If I based it just on the interview in person, I would have been a little concerned. If I based it just on the piece of paper and what I saw in black and white, then I potentially could have made a mistake because what if it was a sales role and although they looked good on paper, they would not look great and present themselves in a great light in front of a potential client, that would be a problem. So you want to make sure that you present yourself in a great light on paper, but you back it up in person. But also be aware that if they're like me, hiring authorities may do a 10, 15 minute pre-screen before they bring you in for an interview because I am very thorough when I'm hiring someone because the cost per hire is significant and could really hurt an organization's budget. A very sharp leader will do their due diligence and potentially give you a 10 to 15 minute pre-screen interview and normally that's off the cuff. They'll just call you up and start asking you questions Bill, got your resume. This is Mr. Gould from ABC Company. Looking forward to bringing you in for an interview. Just wanted to see what is it that intrigued you about the organization and the job. Now, you haven't even prepared for the interview, and this person is already throwing curveballs at you. So when you submit your resume, you should already know a few things about that organization, but more importantly, why you want that job. One trick is when you boast about your accomplishments and your abilities, Follow it up by discussing how you mentored new colleagues and collaborated well with a team player mentality. And that's if it's true. If it's not something that you do or you haven't done, I would advise you to start because it's a way for you to highlight your achievements and toot your horn, but still show that you're that team player, that coachable person who's going to add value to the organization as they look at all of these great things that you've said you've done. Another tip is to convey your level of expertise while expressing that you're a continuous learner. That will show the interviewer that self-development and a willingness to learn is ingrained in your, into your DNA. That shows some humbleness as well, that you don't know it all. Not everyone will agree with this one, but don't be afraid to ask about the compensation. Interviewers were once in your shoes and they understand that the topic is on the top of your mind. Also, if you ask first, you'll be better prepared when they return a the favor by asking how much you're looking for. You don't want to come right out in the first five minutes, 10 minutes of the interview and ask about the salary. What I like to do is wait until they ask you if you have any questions, they've given you the opportunity to ask the most important question about the compensation. And it's not all about salary. The reason I ask about compensation is I want to know about the bonuses, if there's an MBO. And I ask about the compensation range because you don't want to box them in because that's a little disrespectful. So when you ask if you can give me an idea of what or can you give me an idea of what the compensation range, I would truly appreciate it. And they're going to turn it back on you and ask, what are you looking for? But again, now you know the range and you can play with that range and maybe hit it right in the middle or in the top 70 percent or what have you.
If you don't ask, I guarantee you they're going to ask you what you're looking for. And you may not have any idea what the role pays. This will prevent you from wasting your time. When I was younger, I was interviewing for a leadership role and the company interviewed me twice. I, they did a pre-screen. They did an in-person interview in Atlanta, but then they flew me to Montreal, Canada to interview. They offered the job and it was $20,000 less than what I was looking for. What a waste of time. But I have to own it because I never asked a question because I was a little fearful, a little apprehensive at that time to ask about compensation. I would have saved myself a lot of time, but more importantly, I would have saved them time as well. I coach professionals that if you're asked about your desired salary to give a range, just like employers do, that will avoid you from locking yourself in. Number nine, remain professional when discussing previous employers. You never want to bash your previous employer or your old bosses. Summarize why you resigned. Don't give them a book. Sometimes we try to explain why we resigned and we beat around a bush. We go around a tree. We go around a block because we feel that they may be a little concerned that we've resigned from too many organizations or they may be concerned that we may resign from their company if they don't have all the tools and resources. So we give them a 10 minute speech on why we resigned from each employer. And they're sitting there thinking, you're not even going to allow me to ask the rest of my questions because you're telling me your life story about every resignation that you've had. So be concise. Don't bash your previous employer or boss and just tell them in one minute why you resign or 30 seconds. Number 10, after the interview, make sure that you follow up immediately after the interview. Send that thank you email. Snail mail is out because of the pandemic. Many hiring authorities are working from home now. You won't even be able to get a letter of thanks to them. So I would say email it, but email it timely with highlights of the value that you bring to the table based on what you learned during the interviewing process was important to him or her. And if you have not heard back from the hiring authority after about a week, follow up with a phone call or an email. I always tell people to be professionally persistent. And regardless of how much you need or covet the opportunity, refrain from coming across as being desperate. And while you wait for a response, continue your job search. Continue applying for opportunities that interest you. I've seen too often where candidates thought they were a shoe in for a role and stopped their search. Later to learn that the offer wasn't satisfactory or the company had a change of heart. So continue your job search, stay motivated, and have a reserve of optimism. My friends, in closing, hiring authorities typically hire people who they like if all other things are even or somewhat equal. Now, this doesn't mean that you need to brown nose. Sometimes likability increases when the job candidate is professional and do many of the things that I just outlined. Trust me, some will do a few of the things that I've outlined, but oftentimes you don't see people doing all 10. You can enhance your likability by doing many of the things that I've just conveyed to you, and it doesn't take much effort. Many of these things are the bare minimums. Start your job search. I have some resume tips on episode 10. 
revisit this episode and get some of these gems that I've hopefully dropped for you as it relates to how to hit a home run in your interview. Follow up, stay motivated, keep that reserve of optimism, network, network, and network more because a lot of opportunities come to you from who you know. And do me one last favor, my friends. Please hit like, share, and subscribe to my podcast now so you can be alerted to future episodes. Thank you so much. I'll see you on the next episode. Carpe diem.